after further reveal. What up, what up, what up, everyone? Chase, Ryan, Ben, back at it here again. After further review, what's going on, boys? How's it going, guys? Doing well. Yeah, excited to be back for episode number 12. Well, here we are recording this, and we are coming right up on the NFL draft. We are only a day or two away here. And I don't know what you, Chase, did you, uh, did you make a mock draft? I did. I made one. How about you? I made one, too. I think we're going to just kind of go through the go through what we got and see uh, – we can get all 31. I saw there was a um, was it Barstool that has a $3 million um, prize if someone gets all the first-round picks correct. <laughs> oh, what? I didn't see that, but yeah. that's hype. So that, that's going to be us right here. Three mil. All right. Yo, are you going to are you gonna put one in? No, because um, you probably have to get like trades and stuff, and I did not. Uh, I don't know about you, Chase, but I did not do yeah. anything with trades. I just did the straight picks. Yeah, just the player picks, yeah. Yeah, it's I'm not so gonna hard try to, to predict. Yeah, I'm not going to try to predict trades. The only one that I could see trading up, like I, not super, like I'm super confident they might trade up is the Bucks, just because they kind of need a quarterback. <laughs> True. Yeah, I can see that. That's yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I know you guys a couple of years ago you did that first round challenge, um, with oh, some yeah. of the buddies at ship and. I mean, it's ridiculous enough to try to name every single player in a row because if you miss, like, one, it can be a domino effect. But yeah. I, I like the no trade. I'm excited to hear what you guys got. I did, I did not make one, but I'm, re- I'm ready for the for the throwdown right here. Yeah, and we'll go quick, and we'll just kind of bounce off each other, kind of each say one through 31 and say our picks and go from there. So you ready to get started? Let's do it. All right, so – Pick one. I have um, the Panthers. I have Bryce Young. Ditto. I got Bryce Young at number one. All right. Yeah, it seems like that's a consensus. So we'll just uh, go right number to two. Yep. Uh, I have a little little different one here. Will Levis. Okay. I want Jalen Carter just because I feel like the Texans are going to throw a curveball. Okay. Okay. I like that. I could see, uh, obviously, Bryce Young or, or Bryce Young. Uh, CJ Stroud is who I meant. But, yeah, uh, I don't think Levis is going to be that good. It just feels like the Texans going to yeah. be that pick. <laughs> True. Um, who do you got for three? Three. Uh, the Cardinals, it's a little wide open for them. I th- just want best available, and I have them taking Will Anderson from Alabama. Yep, that's who I have too. Yeah, it seems like the most likely pick at that position. Yo, uh, real quick, before you guys, you guys should count how many the same you have. All right, well, two for three. All right. Okay, yeah, dang it. All right, number four, the Colts. I have them, since C.J. Stroud was not picked number two or three, I have him falling to the Colts at number four. Okay. I went Anthony Richardson there. I think they were going to go. I don't know. I just thought they might go a little uh, out of left field. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, these top five picks are kind of just, they could go anywhere. They could literally go, and someone could trade up and get in there and really shake things up, but I could see that happening. I could easily see Stroud there, though, too. I just... Yeah, I mean, I don't want that to happen. I just like the Colts not having a quarterback just to see who they have to cycle through. But <laughs> for some reason, I just feel like the Texans and the Cardinals aren't going to do like they're not having yeah. quarterbacks they for some just, reason. They could just go like Baker or something for a year. All right, five to the Seahawks. I have uh, Nolan Smith from Georgia. Okay, the edge rusher. I yeah. went tackle from Northwestern, Pete Skaronsky. Oh, okay. Beef up that that offensive line. Okay, protection for Geno. Yeah. Number six, Lions. I have Tyree Wilson. Okay. I went uh, 
Devin Witherspoon, the corner out of Illinois. Oh, that's my next pick. Oh, <laughs> the really? Raiders. Just because the, I think I'm pretty sure the Lions got rid of all their top starting corners from last year. They traded Jeff Okuda okay. to Atlanta and Oroarie right. went to uh, the Giants, I think. So for them, that's just a need. And he's one of the top two corners in the draft. That reasoning went, wants to make me change my pick, actually. But. I'll keep it there for now. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I forgot they just got rid of Jeff Okuda. So in seven, I just said I have Witherspoon there. Who do you got? I have uh, running it back with the cornerback, Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon. Oh. Yeah. I feel like that was a tough pick because um, obviously Josh McDaniels is an offensive-minded coach. Yeah. So it's hard not to dip that early and take somebody you really want, but I think they would benefit the most from taking a corner. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with the cornerback there. And all the way at eight, I have CJ Stroud dropping to the Falcons. Wow. That would be ESPN would lose their mind if that happened. Probably not going to happen, but I no. went with it. That would be exciting. I went with Nolan Smith, the edge rusher from Georgia there, who you had a couple picks earlier. Okay. And that's the thing. Like, even if, if Stroud is there, there's no way like seven, like a team like the Bucks doesn't trade up for him. Oh, or yeah. So it's that's, wide open. Yeah. Um, all right, number nine. I think you already picked him, but I had Peter Skaronsky okay. at nine. Yeah, solid Bears. Pick. I just thought some some protection for Fields. Yeah, I went same mindset with my second tackle coming off the board, Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State. I have him going to uh, okay. Chicago. So same same idea there. Okay. Um, ten. Your uh, your Eagles, Ryan. Who do we uh who do we got for that? I have Kalia Cansey, the defensive lineman out of Pittsburgh. I think this guy's a beast. Okay. Yeah. I, I went uh, safety, Brian Branch. Okay. Hey, both those picks the Eagles need, and they're yeah. both top-ranked at their position. So either like way, that. the Eagles are going to win in this draft, whether or not they keep that pick or make the pick because yep. they have two first-round picks. and Yeah, really... they're just coming off literally a Super Bowl. Yeah. Chase, you think – because they drafted Jordan Davis for, with their first picks last yeah. year. You think they'll go defensive lineman back-to-back just because all the old heads that are on their way out? Or Yeah, I mean, Fletcher is coming back, but he's obviously not the same guy. So if you have a chance, and I feel like Howie Roseman would see that, be like, okay, I could beef up the line with another talented young player on a controllable contract. I feel like he would probably jump at that, but he, the Eagles and the chiefs are kind of in a position where I feel like the board is wide open for them. They can literally pick whatever they want for yeah. whatever position because of how loaded their teams are already. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. They can do whatever they want with that pick, trade it, pick, keep it. So 11, I have uh, Paris Johnson, the tackle from Ohio state. I have uh, pick number 11 for the Tennessee Titans, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I feel like they got blasted last year from trading away AJ Brown and uh, Traylon Burks did not fill that hole. So I feel like they got to run it back, try to make yeah, it I was right. Thinking about that, I just didn't know <laughs> if they were going to risk it again with another wide receiver, <laughs> but they yeah. might. Um, I mean, they could also go quarterback here too yeah. out, of, out of left field. So Texans at 12, I had them getting a steal with Jalen Carter. Oh. If Jalen Carter falls to 12. Just that, because he, he's had some issues off the field. Yeah. And he know. literally has only taken top 10 visits. Well, like teams that have a top 10 pick. Oh, he really? Won't, he won't visit with anyone outside the top 10. So if he fell to 12, that'd be kind of hilarious. I'm not going to lie. Dang. Oh, if anyone's listening um, and basing their like 
mock drafts or something off this, definitely listen to Chase more than me. But you never know. I mean, but no, no, I'm not being sorry. Like, seriously, he knows a lot more about it than I do. <laughs> you just got your sleeper picks like March Madness. Yeah, it's okay. This is yeah. a bunch of sleeper picks. And the draft does go like people just take someone who has a yeah. third round grade in the first round, i.e., Nelson yeah. Aguilar, uh, you know, Marcus Smith, not the Blast the Eagles, but those are two yeah. that just came to mind that guys who are not first rounders. Jalen Rager. Yeah. Jalen Rager. Rager. Rager right over in front Jefferson. Of Jefferson. Right in front of that. And now they're teammates. Um, did you who do you pick? Did you say so? Oh, for the Texans, I have them getting B. John Robinson. He seems like the the dancing name in the first round. Everybody loves him. I feel like it's a waste to go running back this early in the first round. But the Texans, I have them taking two. I have them taking well, this is funny because you have them getting uh Jalen Carter and I have them taking him at two. So yeah, that's true. Both Texans so he ends up on the Texans. So okay. if he ends up on the Texans, we'll write that back. Yeah, we'll count. And we got two chances. All right, who do you got? So now 13 the with the Packers pick, not the Jets, because if you guys don't know, Rodgers is now a Jet. And honestly, Finally. speaking that quick, I think they actually did really well in that trade, not giving up. They gave up their 13th pick, but they got a 15th back, and they didn't actually have to surrender a first-round pick. So, honestly, pretty happy with that. I mean, for a team that hasn't been in the playoffs since 2010, which with the expanded playoffs is insane. Um, yeah. they got It's exciting, finally, even though I'm not the biggest Rodgers fan. Yeah, I mean, they literally got a Hall of Famer and you don't lose your first-round pick. Yeah, I mean, the Broncos last year gave up everything for Wilson and mm-hmm. they didn't get any of it back. So yeah. I saw people blasting the Jets GM and I was like, I don't think he did that bad, to be completely honest. Like, he he took a risk, obviously, but he's still insured, so. It feels like one of those moves the Jets had to make, like, even for just, like, excitement for the fan base. Yeah, if you want to win, you got to make the splash, so. Yeah. And I think it was the right one. Yeah, Chase, real quick, my analogy to Ben whenever it happened, and I feel like I don't know how much of a Harden fan you were before or not, but I was not a fan at all of James Harden when he was in the Houston Rockets before the Sixers got him, just kind of correlating to this. Ben does not like Rodgers at all. Well, just not a fan, but I told Ben, I was like, if Aaron Rodgers starts winning you games, you're going to become an Aaron Rodgers fan real quick because I like James Harden a lot more now than I did. Yeah. And yeah. Like, so ultimately, yeah. that'll obviously, if Rodgers comes in and chokes, it could go the other way. But yeah, well, true. And I'm not unhappy to have him. I think it was a good move that they had to make. It just, there's so many similarities to like a Brett Favre. And like last year, he just didn't have that great of a year. Um, but I think he does have more weapons with the Jets. Also, Harden, I used to call him the Hassa because he was a stats pig and he would just go hard like the Houston thing. And it was literally just him. And like, I hated him for that. But I also never saw him with like someone like Joel. So it changed quick, obviously. And now they're the playoffs. So like my whole mindset about Harden is like completely different, but he's no longer the Hassa in my mind. All right. So with that pick 13, uh, I have Will McDonald from Iowa State. He's actually from Wisconsin too. So I kind of just went with that. And the Packers never pick an offensive player in the first round. So no. Well, I went same logic there and I have them picking Quentin Johnston, the wide receiver from TCU. Since they never picked a wide receiver to help Rogers, I feel like now's the time that they'll pick a wide receiver that will help Jordan Love. Yeah, I feel like that's a solid pick for them right there at 13. All right. Who do you got for the Patriots? Patriots, this could be a wide open um scenario here, but I feel like Belichick always goes with the blue blood. So I'm going with 
Georgia tackle Broderick Jones. Oh, that's who I have too. Oh, 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 that's number three. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I thought I jinxed it whenever I said we should count it, and you yeah. guys were stuck at two the whole time. I'm hyped. There's a sometimes those picks are hard to get, like so pick Damn. all the way down there. I wish I had a bell so we could ring it. Like ding, oh, ding, 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 ding. ring the bell. I'll have to put a bell. Yeah. Damn, all right. That's who, crazy. who do you have the Jets taking? All right, I have the Jets going with a, another tackle. It's my fourth one in the draft so far. Darnell Wright, Tennessee. Okay, I have a linebacker from Iowa, Jack Campbell. Okay, I like that pick. I think Jack Campbell's actually going to be a first-rounder. Yeah. And Drew I think, Sanders. I think both of them sneak in. I think that might be a little high for the Jets, but I think that fills a need. I yeah. Need All right, well, 16 with the commanders, hopefully not under the, the uh, ownership of Dan Snyder. Hopefully. Um, I have guard Steve Avila. Okay. Guard would be a solid move for them. They they need offensive line help. I have them going with cornerback Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State. Oh, someone who I've okay. watched his entire career. The unfortunate part is I don't think he's a first rounder. Uh, he just doesn't make a lot of turnovers, or at least he didn't in college. And he gave up far too many plays to people. And uh at times, I didn't think he was the best corner on the field at Penn State. I thought Kalen King was a little bit better, especially in man situations. But yeah, I don't even know who that is. So I, yeah, okay, yeah. But uh, oh, yeah. Washington seems to always have a Penn State connection, especially recently in the past few years. So uh, just makes yeah, makes sense. Yeah, Pittsburgh coming up at seventeen. Yeah. So my pick here is uh, a former teammate. From Pitt, Jordan Addison, wide receiver from USC, of Kenny Pickett's uh, oh. college teammate when they were both at Pitt. And also, Mike Tomlin is a incredible wide receiver coach. I mean, he's taking people in the sixth round, uh, you know, like Emmanuel Sanders and uh, um, Antonio Brown yeah. and just made them in the superstar. So I feel like he gets someone who's seen up close. He has a connection. I feel like Kenny Pickett's going to be rooting for him to take him. So. I like that. I had uh, someone who you, you had earlier, Kalia Cansey from oh, Pitt. Yeah. I went with the Pitt connection to the Steelers because yeah. they've done that recently too. Um, but that obviously has him falling a lot farther than you had him. But True. I think if he's there, Steelers take him. Yeah, and that just validates Pitt as a football program that they've had solid talent coming out in the yeah. last few years. So yeah, uh, and Pittsburgh going in their backyard. Talents that produced in the NFL level too. So that would be back-to-back Pitt uh well same pit players but jordan Essen uh transferred to usc kind of didn't make any sense he didn't really have a better year at all stats like statistically so kind of took a backward step there but i still feel like he's gonna be a first rounder pick 18 the detroit lions back on the board i have them going edge rusher miles murphy from clemson oh that's who i had next oh i have jackson smith nick nick and Jigba, yeah. Did you did you have him to the Lions earlier in the draft or no? I had him to the Titans earlier. Oh, Titans. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just had I just had some of the offensive players kind of falling besides the quarterbacks. That's just kind of how my thing went. But yeah, no. Miles Murphy's a good one. I had him going to the Bucks in the next pick. I had someone you had go earlier at pick nineteen to the Buccaneers. I have them staying because their player fell to them. Anthony Richardson from Florida. Oh, I like that. See, I could easily see that. Yeah. I feel like he's going to hang in there, but teams aren't going to pull the trigger, and then Tampa's going to be there at 19. Yeah. And I feel like that's a safe risk. I mean, they could go yep. for it at 19. They didn't move up. They didn't have to move. They could probably move down if they wanted to, maybe. But yeah. All right, pick 20. Back to the Seahawks. Another first-round pick. 
Um, I have guard from Florida, Osiris Torrance. Okay. I like that pick. Solid move. I have them going edge rusher, Tyree Wilson, who you had a little mm-hmm. earlier. Okay. Uh, but I have him going here at pick 20. All right. Let's keep on moving. 21, someone you had earlier, Christian Gonzalez, cornerback. Okay. Going to the Chargers. <laughs> Solid because I also have the Chargers picking a cornerback, Deontay Banks out of Maryland. <laughs> Oh, that's who I have going to the Ravens at the next uh, pick. <laughs> yeah, I, if he's there and if he's on the board and the Ravens are there, he they're going to pick him. I I 100% believe that. Yeah, that's what I won 22. Uh, I like that. Who did you have for your, I guess, your Ravens? Who, yeah. who are you hoping they pick? Well, I, I'm okay if they get Banks. Uh, truly think, though, they're going to move back because they don't have a lot of picks in this draft. They only have five, I think, or actually four. So... They typically like to have a lot of picks, so I think they're going to trade. If someone falls down the board and they're on the clock, I think the Ravens will move back. But in this case, they're staying, and I have them taking Zay Flowers, the wide receiver out of Boston College. So 23 to the Vikings. <laughs> I have a corner, another cornerback. I had a little string of quarter, cornerbacks here. Yeah. Um, Joey Porter from Penn State, who you had okay. earlier. Yeah, that's – I would – if he's there too, I could see that happening. Uh, and the, also, his draft's loaded with cornerbacks, so there's yeah. going to be a run at some point. Like a few years ago, uh, there was a run early. Like their corners are going top 10, so that tells you something about that. But my pick for the Vikings here at 23 is Mazzy Smith, the defensive lineman from Michigan. Uh, they their defense is god awful, and they need any kind of help they can get. So <laughs> I think true. they're gonna go, especially defensive line. They need a lot of help. They've had injuries to key players like Daniel Hunter, and uh, people who are making a lot of money aren't playing. So they need they need bodies. No, I agree that that defense was dreadful last year. So all right, so at twenty four, I got a got a little protection for Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think you had him earlier. Tackle from Oklahoma, Anton Harrison. No way. I have the same pick. Anton oh, really? You have Harrison yeah. there? Yep. I no have way. Yeah. So the Jaguars lost their right tackle, Jawan Taylor, in the offseason to the Chiefs. So they have a hole. Uh, I can't tell you who they have depth wise, but I feel like they're going to go tackle here too, just or offensive line. But yeah, Anton Smith or Anton Harrison. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. So number that's two times we've had a uh, yeah. player. Two in the top five and now t- so four total now. Yeah. All right, let's keep moving. The Giants, who do you got? The Giants I have going safety, Brian Branch from Alabama. Okay. I have a linebacker (laughs) from Arkansas, Drew Sanders. Yeah, Drew Sanders is a beast. He's definitely going to be. So, Drew Sanders, real quick, he was from Alabama and transferred, I'm pretty sure, to Arkansas and still lit up the stat sheet. So, I feel like that's going to prove for himself and he'll probably be a first-rounder. Okay. Who did you have again, Chase? I had Brian Branch, who I think you had earlier. Oh, he's the one I had to the Eagles. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have him going to in-division rival the Giants. Nice. All right. We got 26 coming up towards the end here. Cowboys, girlfriend's favorite team. It's a big pick for the Cowboys. So my pick, they just got rid of Zeke. I think they got rid of Zeke, but he's gone. So I had them replacing Zeke with Robinson from Texas. Yeah, B. John Robinson. If that happens, that would be – like serendipitous right there. Um, I have Dallas, although they've really done well in the draft the past few years on like a uh, preceding years. 
This year, I have them falling off the wagon a little bit, but still going with a we offensive weapon. Dalton Kincaid, the tight end from Utah. They, uh, I think they let Dalton Schultz walk in free agency. Not that he's a huge part of their offense. He's been a little banged up, but their tight end spot's been a little bit of a revolving door. I feel like they can solidify with Dalton Kincaid, give Dak another weapon, um, you know, just help with that offense any way they can. I like that. Yeah, so, I mean, it's tough taking a tight end top yeah. 30, but... Uh, He's pretty talented, so. Um, all right, Bills, 27. 27, I have linebacker Jack Campbell from Iowa. Oh, okay. Yeah. My Jets pick. I had uh, Jordan Addison. Okay. Yeah. Earlier. Yep. The the uh, Bills let Tremaine Edmonds walk to Chicago. Okay. And uh, free agency, so they have a lot. Uh, they need a starting middle linebacker, so I could see them okay. going. Um, either Jack Campbell or Drew Sanders here. I feel like they're interchangeable. Yeah. I was just thinking wide receiver. I know, I don't, I know Diggs is still on the team, but I know he was also kind of <laughs> requesting a trade and salty. Um, yeah. I didn't know if, you know, they were going to try to get something else just in case. So that's why I went at it. And he gave Josh Allen the cold shoulder a lot in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Diggs is getting salty. He's not getting super far or, I mean, they're playing well together. I don't, I mean, it's yeah. not their fault this whole time, but, uh, all right. 28 Bengals. Uh, I picked some protection for Burrow. Um, I got Darnell Wright, tackle from Tennessee. Nice. I can see that. they Their offensive line's awful. Jonah Williams is terrible. Although, I love when they start their awful players. So, it's hard for me to pick someone that's, that's going to make true. a difference for the Bengals. But I have them going with Emmanuel Forbes, the corner from Mississippi State. He, uh, he I'm pretty sure, had like 20-something turnovers in his career. That's so that's he is like a walking turnover machine. What makes sense for the Bengals, they could use some secondary help. Obviously, they let Jesse Bates walk. He's a safety, but they're going to need some help back there with some reshuffling going on. I agree, and they're going to have to protect Burrow, especially if they want to have him continue to be healthy. Yeah, and he's going to get paid in the coming yep. days. All right, three picks left. Two, the last two you've already picked. So this, I think, is our last chance to get one more. Okay. So 29 of the Saints, who you got? I have Osi Osiris Torrance, the guard from Florida, who you had a couple picks earlier. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I had Lucas Van Ness, edge rusher from Iowa. Okay. Solid guy, Iowa. Always dependable yeah. uh, players. Okay. Uh, pick 30, the Philadelphia Eagles. I have them going offensive weapon here. They let Miles Sanders go in free agency to the Panthers. So I have them replacing him. With Jameer Gibbs, a running back from Alabama. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Old that's power a... and speed. Yeah. Those Alabama running backs are always a little feisty. I was just saying like the first round running back thing, but I feel like the Eagles have the luxury of being able to pick whoever they want. And I feel like he's probably the best on the board for them for a need too. Yeah. No, I yeah. like the offensive weapon angle because I had them going defense, pick 10. And then here I also had offense. I had Quentin Johnson. Um, yeah. Okay. Another TCU wide receiver. So. Yeah. And then, Although a little more yeah. solid than Rager. Yeah, a little more solid than Rager. Yeah, he brings a little more to the table. So, yeah. And then last pick of the first round, because Dolphins don't have one, um, who I had Mazzy Smith, who you had earlier. Okay. Yeah. And like I said earlier, the Chiefs are probably in the best position in the draft. Obviously, they won the Super Bowl, so they have the last pick in the first round, and they have a talented team, obviously. But I feel like they can really go anywhere they want to, uh, and it's not going to be a bad pick. So I have them going. Uh, oh, offensive weapon here, Nathaniel Tank Dell, the wide receiver from Houston. He blew up a lot during the Senior Bowl. 
really brought a lot of name to him, uh, brought a lot of attention to his name. So I feel like here the Chiefs are probably going to pick the best offensive player available on the board. All right, well, that was our first round mock draft. So we we had four the same. We'll tie that up before the next uh, next podcast and see see where we were at. Yeah, um, yeah, hundred dollars on the line here between Ben and Chase. It's going to be intense. <laughs> yeah, Ryan's giving each of us fifty to play with. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing like but, a little skin in the game for the draft. I mean, it's already yeah. uh, a spectacle, but yeah, it feels know. like more skin than I would plan on. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, I'm just I'm just playing. Yeah. All right. So last week we forgot to answer the Instagram question. So we're going to quickly do that. Um, but first we talked about, uh, Devin had a great question about the, um, would you rather get a green jacket from winning the masters or a Super Bowl ring? Um, and we did put a poll out on Instagram and the results were 68% said the green jacket and 32% said the Super Bowl ring. Yeah. So a little surprising. I thought it'd be a little closer, but I voted for voted for the green jacket too. So yeah, I think we had a jacket sweep. Yeah, um, it's and, just more rare. I feel like. Um, but so we had a question last week. Um, one of the questions this week from Julia was, "Why don't we answer last week's questions?" And to answer that, we just were saving them for this week. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> one question was from Julia again, and she asked if Bulldogs could play any sport. What sport would they play? Oh, mm. okay. I, I I got a good one. Okay, rugby. <laughs> no, I was, I, was Is that what you're <laughs> I was just thinking of them just trucking into things. Yeah, they're like tree yeah. trucks. They're like, they're just Damn. like I don't know. I feel like that's like just imagine like a bunch of bulldogs in a scrum. Like, yeah, it's like they're all just going to work munching at each other. It's like the video I sent to you the other day, and they're just like bulldogs kind of fighting, but they're just laying on their back, just like half-heartedly trying to munch at each other but yeah. not actually making contact <laughs> just going through the motions yeah yeah i would say rugby yeah i would say like soccer or rugby yeah something physical yeah just because right. their nose would i feel like would be good for pushing the ball <laughs> that's true I, yeah. can, I can tell you what they wouldn't play and that's water polo mm. oh i feel like yeah. bulldogs just like sink any any type of swimming sport they're definitely yeah. out yeah, definitely no water polo. I could see like maybe some croquet action. Oh, Yo, yeah. I was gonna say bocce ball. It's kind of oh, bocce. Yeah. yeah, maybe some yeah. volleyball. Oh no, volleyball. They won't. They won't get in there. All right. Well, if you have any other questions, don't hesitate to ask us. We're happy to answer them on the podcast. But I also have a question for you guys. Okay. All right. I'm in. So it's not sports related at all. So my question to you <laughs> is why is pizza made round, put in a square box, and then eaten in triangles? Uh, oh. I honestly, I can't explain the square box part. I'm guessing the round is just because of how it's made. It's easy to like, when you twirl the dough in the air, it just kind of comes circular. I mean, generally, obviously, yeah. it's like square types of pizzas. Well, but... yeah, oh, but yeah. Unless it goes to Sicilian. I mean, yeah. The circle makes sense. <clears throat> the triangles is just how you cut it. But the square box, I honestly, is <laughs> stupid. You're right. I don't yeah. like they should have circle. Yo, if a pizza company made circular boxes, I would buy that pizza over other pizzas. I feel like Domino's box is kind of like a circle a little bit. Yeah, their their corners yeah. are a little edgy. Yeah, the corners. Yeah, are like they like sanded off their edges. I guess maybe it's harder to fold a circular box. I don't know. Yeah, I guess, well, I guess because you can't print like 
an actual like circle then yeah like if it would anyone knows to, the exact it'd be, answer it would have to be like an octagon or something <laughs> oh octagon that'd be they yeah. could have like ufc <laughs> like sponsored pizza yeah oh yeah oh, oh, i mean go. i have seen circle pizzas that were cut into like squares though okay you know what i mean there's like pizza places that i've been to where that's how they cut their pizza yeah oh yeah, seemed unnecessary, but well, speaking of pizza, you know who's been a pizza this year is Juan Soto. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> He's been absolute trash. <laughs> pizza is not trash, if that's what you're referring no, to. No, I'm not. I just I just want to talk about his issues, and it's not just this short overreaction. Um, he's just he's really been struggling, and we can look up his stats, but basically he's seeing more pitches in the zone than ever before. And pitchers are just realizing he doesn't swing. Like, he just doesn't swing. So he's swinging at like a 53% rate when the MLB average is 67%. And it's not like used. I used to think he's like super disciplined and everything, but he's basically just being passive at this point. Um, Like, pitchers are just getting ahead and then throwing breaking balls, and he can't hit breaking balls very well. Um, And he's, I'm not sure why, like, the coaches haven't talked to him about adjusting his approach or worked with him on it but dating back to even last year he's just being so passive and at at current uh podcast at current recording of the podcast he's hitting 188 and it's just you know i think i'm not sure why he's not you know uh, changing his approach but he's just being way too passive at the plate and he's looking for walks so just i mean it seems like you hit the nail on the head on why, like where the issue stems from. So, because yeah. he played in the World Baseball Classic, he played pretty well there. And also there's a bunch of new MLB rules. You just think it's neither of those. You just think pitchers have figured them out. I mean, if you look, even last year, dating back to last year, it's, it's similar issues with him. And if you look at his, um, I won't go into too much detail, but if you look at his like percentages and what he, how he hits at each ballpark too, Petco Park is like, the bottom like five or 10 of where he hits the ball and how well he hits. So I don't know. Also know if he doesn't sometimes like you don't hear about factors of ballparks and like sometimes hitters can't see the ball as well at certain ballparks. And I don't know if Petco park, he's just struggling to see the ball. Um, Well, Petco park, that's a friend. That's a pitcher friendly park, right? Yeah. But I mean, just sometimes a ball coming in, um, to the batter but he turned down i think he turned down an over 400 million dollar contract extension and that was at this point not looking great for him i wonder why he's like letting them destroy in the zone though i feel like older type players like a cabrera or somebody like that would wreck you if you went like somewhere where he could get the like solid contact with a bat no matter where it is yeah and it's so weird i think he's still like top two or top three in on base percentage this year but he's hitting 188 and he's just like that's great he's walking but that's not want, what they want from Juan Soto right. and you think in a Padres lineup with so much more protection than he ever had in a Nationals lineup um well except for maybe the early his rookie year but still although yes. I feel like last year after he got to the Padres he didn't really do that well either like you were saying like I feel no, like he no. struggled even last year yeah, he hit no, he hit 236 with the Padres last year. And with the Nationals before he was traded, he hit 246. Um, yeah, there's this thing. His first four years to his last three, there's a significant drop off. And it's gotten 
worse. I mean, his own base percentage this year is still 355, but he was like in 2020. I mean, that was the COVID year, I guess. So 2019 and, and 2021, his own base percentage was well over 400. So this is not looking good. And not on top of that, last year, I think he's started off the year better, but last year he was bottom three, literally one of the three worst defenders in all of major leagues too. We'll see if Juan Soto starts playing better. Yeah. And if we've learned anything, don't leave it up to the umps. If you're looking for a call, don't leave it for them to make that call. Because they won't. I feel like Juan Soto's low-key like if Aaron Judge and Kyle Schwarber had a baby. Like his like playing style is hitting. Like if you just like morph those two players into one hitter fielder, it would be him. Am I way off? (laughs) (laughs) I feel that's kind of out of left field. Get it either left fielder or dunch. I don't know how to correct you on that, but I don't, I mean, it might be. <laughs> I just feel like Aaron Judge is like this big stallion and uh, Kyle Schwarber is the mule. Like he's not going to outrace you, but he'll, he'll drop you with a punch. He's the eraser. Oh. Literally, every time he comes up or down a run, I know he's just going to erase that or be tied. There you go. If he was a superhero, he'd be the eraser. Yeah. He also just looks like an eraser. So. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. And Soto last year, I mean, he struggled, but he also had a six war. And so so perspectable. Pretty it's still like above average, but I don't know what's going on with him. So but I got a quick question for you, you two. Um, so being as we're almost a month into the season, one of the biggest surprises is the pirates. So do you guys think they're for real or not? I mean, right now they're first place, 16 and 8. And we're almost at the end of the month. Um, are they are they the real deal, or are they just kind of going to trail off here? And their their manager just got like a hefty extension, right? I think just got a nice deal for starting the season off hot. Oh, yeah. I mean, they extended uh, Brian Reynolds yesterday, their center fielder, who was mm. a little disgruntled with his contract, but he's now there for the long term, which he was a bunch of trade speculation. Uh, I feel like they're. Yeah, you're right, contenders. Ryan. Oh, he did sign an extension. Yeah, Derek Shelton signed a four-year extension. Damn, damn, they were rolling out the bank truck yesterday. That's two extensions in one day. Uh, I mean, I'm I I think they're I think they're legit. The Pirates don't have a farm system. I'm not not that bad of a farm system. We talked about it before. Like sometimes they trade away too many of their guys. A lot of these teams that don't always have as much money that have to rely on these young teams. The Rays obviously do it a lot better than everyone else. But every once in a while, like the athletics will be good for like two years out of nowhere. I don't know. It's it's hard to have sustainability. You're seeing a little bit right now with the Orioles, but they have more of like a established team. I'm I'm going to say this is one of those situations where the Pirates are just cohesively – playing well enough that a lot of these young guys that have come up, you know, Ranzi Contreras, guys like them, he's pitching well. I mean, Cabrian, Cabrian Hayes hasn't even really gone off yet, and he's projected to do a lot better this year too. I, I think it's sustainable in their division. I mean, I said the Cardinals are going to wipe it clean, but they definitely have a solid shot, especially with that extra wild card. I, I say, yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I guess because their division might be a little up and down, they could steal a couple of wins. 
And it's kind of the same logic we had with the Diamondbacks and the Orioles when we were talking about them when we were making our preseason brackets. And both of those teams are also off to good starts too. So um could be a little of just it's early in the season and they're taking advantage of teams that aren't hitting and getting into a groove yet. But I mean, wins are wins and they're stacking them now. So it could pay off at the end of the year. Yeah, they have a ton of energy. They're definitely not going to get tired. And I completely <laughs> forgot Andrew McCutcheon's back. And because the NL now has the designated hitter, I know it's been like that. This isn't the first year that's happening, but that is like huge. And he's, I don't know he's, if it's like one of those like weird. Yeah, it's one of those like weird homecoming things, but he's like had a really good start to the year too. And just seems like there's a lot of energy. I don't know. I don't know why, but yeah. And uh, not for, like, I know we've slammed the Pirates in the past for not actually like trading away a lot of their pitching talent. Like they've could have had good teams, but they've also taken advantage of other teams. Like we talked about how they got O'Neill Cruz. Um, David Bednar was from a trade. Brian Reynolds was from a trade. Um, you know, they've, they really did like also add in talent when they could get it. Rosie Contreras was from the Yankees, you know, um, Jack Sawinski, who's been playing for them every day. You know, yeah, they, I was gonna I was gonna mention the Adam Fraser trade. I think they did really well with that. And yeah. that Jackson Winsky, like you just said, was part of that. So I, I yeah, I agree with that. And they weren't gonna pay Frazier, so they did well. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, they could have had good teams, but you know, they at least when they sold off people recently, they've gotten a lot of talent in back. I mean, the Clay Holmes thing was a little backwards for them. The Heat had like a six RE with his six ERA with the Pirates, and then now he's with the Yankees, and he has like a two ERA, but whatever. Clay Holmes, they tried to develop him as a starter, and he took a long time to develop, too. He was one of those guys that just, it seemed like people had written him off. Like, yeah. kind of like a Mets, like Rafael Montero type situation, where they tried to use him as a starter, and he went with the Astros, and now he's like a really good setup reliever. <laughs> yeah, solid guy, yeah, in the yeah. back end. Um, but, yeah, they've really made a lot of underrated trades and brought back young prospects and develop them and they're setting themselves off for a successful future. Yeah. Well, I just thought I'd see what your guys take was on that. It's pretty cool to see a, a team who you think is going to be kind of towards the bottom, uh, kind of after the first month, give fans some hope and give them, you know, something to cheer about. Um, just a reminder, my preseason pick of the A's looking really nice right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, triple A's. yeah. My Cardinals are in last place in the NL Central. Six games under 500, dead last behind the Reds and the Cubs. Reds just swept the Rangers. Yeah. The Reds are on their own. Uh, yeah. And they still don't have Votto back yet. I don't know if it's going to be his last year or not. But so, just real quick, as we're talking about the NL Central here, I just wanted to go over um, speaking of your Cardinals, Yadier Molina, and he's obviously retired. Um, but there's a lot of talk about him being in the Hall of Fame. I just want to know what your guys' thoughts are. I don't think he should be in the Hall of Fame. And I have two players to compare him to who are not in the Hall of Fame. Um, one of which, you guys know, Joe Torrey, um, who used to play catcher, but also mm -hmm. then went over from um, – went into the infield. He went from catcher to first base because he got traded to a Braves team who had a um, really good catcher back there by the name of Del Crandall. <laughs> <laughs> so he moved to first base. Um, oh. So Joe Torrey, um, anyway, so Joe Torrey is not in the Hall of Fame. Um, he finished his career 
with a 57.5 war. Um, Yachty, by the way, has a 42.3 war. Those Real, what the, what is a win above replacement again? That's it, what war is, right? Yeah. So there's yeah. to not there's an offensive war, there's a defensive war. It just it accounts for a lot of offensive stats. Um, and is it kind of like a player efficiency rating for NBA? Kind of like like it's just like a number. The higher it is, the I'm not a super familiar with the NBA one. Okay. Um, it just it takes a, basically everything into account okay. for a player. Okay. Um, and typically for a hall of fame, 60 or more is where you want to be. Uh, there's exceptions, but, um, so Joe Torrey was the one. And then the other one, Jason Kendall, I don't know if you guys remember Jason. Oh, yeah. Kendall. So he, Jason, was he with the Dodgers. He was with the pirates for a while. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he was, I think he was with the Dodgers a little bit, but Jason Kendall has an ear beside, he has a really eerie, similar career to Yachty as far as stats. But Jason Kendall's never talked about for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, um, damn. So he has a 41.7 war for his career. Yadi is a 42.3. So stats-wise, 277 for Yadi, 288 for Jason Kendall. And they both, Yadi had 2,168 hits. Kendall had 2,195 hits. The, dip, the ba- main difference is Kendall had a 40.8 offensive war, 13.9 defensive, whereas Yadi obviously has half of it offensive, half defensive, and a ton of gold gloves. But without those gold gloves and maybe a few more all-star appearances, stat-wise, are the same. And I think because we didn't, we had a kind of a lack of good catchers besides maybe like Posey in this era, I think he's getting more going to get more consideration than he would have if it was a different era. Well, I so one, wasn't there a guy in this – either this last Hall of Fame that we said you weren't sure that he should have made it. Scott Rowland. That's right, Scott Rowland, who's a name. And that's one reason why, not that I'm saying Yachty should be in, but if you ask me without looking at any numbers, is Yachty really in a Hall of Famer? I'm just going to say yes. And I'm now that you've explained it to me, you're right, he probably shouldn't be. I mean, he won two World Series he had, I mean, he was really known for his like longevity, played a long career. He was kind of known almost more than a lot of those Cardinals pitchers at times for like being the head honcho. I don't know. It's just one of those things where like someone says, is Yadier Molina Hall of Famer? Like the first instinct is just to say yes. I'm not saying he should be, but it could be like one of those Scott Rowland situations where he's more of a name and than that other guy you were talking about, the yeah. Jason Kendall guy. I mean, the biggest yeah. thing between the two is Jason Kendall played an era where you know, the guy's numbers were obviously inflated. So Kendall has three all-stars, whereas Yachty has 10 all-stars and he has nine gold gloves, whereas Kendall doesn't have any, um, obviously the World Series. And Yachty was a fairly clutch player too. Um, does that, does World, like, does World Series wins play if they'll, they'll factor it in, yeah. Because I know yeah. in baseball it's harder to, individualize they'll still factor it in and they factor those accolades into like gold gloves and mvps and yeah yeah that's a crazy i didn't know joe torrey wasn't in the hall of fame like especially because he had a successful managing career he's in there as a manager oh as a manager he's not no he is but he's not in there for his playing which is what i was that's weird but he figured they would just do both at the same time no and he's i mean he his career, he had 297 with 2,300 hits and um, almost basically almost 60 war. So it's 
yeah it's kind of weird i mean it's pretty solid yeah um but i i guess the thing with yadi is he has like so much respect i feel like people are just gonna put that on him to be a hall of famer because he's like a classy guy and his yeah. his whole family has played baseball and he played for yeah. so like he's just tough like he literally got his nut blown off by a fouled off pitch so <laughs> like you know toughness when you think yeah. of Yachty and all those defensive bible awards i know that was like a thing that came out and like he won it for like i don't know how many years straight it was literally just like Yachty or molina on their list and i don't know how many people put a lot of stock into that but you know i for i think it really pulls out people who are like legitimately good defenders and not just people who make spectacular plays in a way but yeah it's tough i mean i could see Yachty making it in just because people are gonna pick the name like ryan was saying and uh but yeah, oh, I guess don't get me, that's why he shouldn't be. Don't get me wrong, he's gonna get in. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's gonna get in. I just don't think he should get in. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know like the statistics part of it. Like, yeah. I just think of him as like, oh, Yachty, he's gonna make a play, or you know, he's gonna throw someone yeah. out that's gonna change an inning, or he gets that blue pit or hits a home run or something. You know, yeah. But he did. Ben made a great point. I started thinking about catches of like, kind of like not necessarily this era, but kind of last era. And I really can't think of another really good one besides Buster Posey. And that yeah. definitely helps him too. That I mean, there was I don't, none that yeah. like relatable. I don't know. I don't want to be a homer and say Carlos Ruiz, but like statistically, I feel like he put up like decent numbers when he was playing. I mean, he was an eight hole hitter, but like defensively, I feel like a lot of years it was neck and neck between him and Yachty, like for defensive yeah, he just didn't have the longevity, but he had a. I mean, he uh, was a big part of some of those really good. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he always had. He always would come up with like a double when he needed it. Like yeah. in the seventh, you're down by four, and you're like, Jesus, this game is gonna go sideways quick. And then Carlos comes up and cranks a double off the wall in center field. And you're like, Let's go, baby! Yeah, but yeah, no, yeah. I just I you can't even think of too many. I mean, as a Mets fan, like Paula Duca was decent. Yeah, I mean. Oh. AJ McCann or whatever Brian McCann. Brian McCann. I mean. Yeah, he. That's uh, true. He was good. Yeah, uh, I mean Pudge was like like late two thousands well, around. Pudge, yeah, Pudge was in like the Mike Piazza. Pudge. Yeah. Um, but he yeah. was kind of at the end. Uh, but I don't know. Was there someone we're just glaring that we're yeah, totally I, missing? I'm hoping we're not just breaking on. I like feel like we're really... totally missing someone. We'll definitely game. hear about it if we miss something. Well, I mean, there was people who were playing catcher and then switch positions too a lot recent in like recent years. Like I'm saying, recent as like 10 to 15 years. But I feel like there's a lot of people who came up as a catcher and were forced to move or like move them because they needed to get them in the lineup. Okay, we forgot one big one. I just looked it up. Wait, uh, should we guess? <laughs> If you want to, I'll just tell you. What's the team? Twins. Oh, Joe Mauer. Yeah. Oh, I forgot Joe. I Mauer. mean, he didn't catch the yeah. whole time, but he was pretty. Yeah. I was. And I feel like his know. career got a little derailed too by injuries yeah. and stuff. Mauer power. Yeah. yeah, he was really good on those Twins. Yeah. Teams. I mean, otherwise, like you said, Brian McCann. I mean, it was like Victor Martinez was decent for a yeah. little while, but he also didn't catch like. He's, like, yeah, he wasn't a primary back. catcher. Yeah. He like DH for the last like seven years of his career. Yeah. Like he or played first a little bit. Yeah. Like you remember when they signed Prince Fielder and they had to move Miggy to third and he got blasted in the face because he was like not comfortable playing third. No. Do you remember that? I just speaking of Miggy, I was watching the game cast the other day and I saw he, that you know how like it'll show like woo, like the ball will go like over the fence or something, but it's not a yeah. home run. Well, just the ball looked like it was like 10 feet over the fence. It just says Miguel Cabrera hits a single. 
I'm just thinking of his like how slow he is now. Oh yeah. Just something I thought about. And some of these guys that, you know, some of the Hall of Fames are really easy to get into, but I don't think baseball they should make it that easy. And yeah. Should really just be reserved for like the legitimate talent people. Also, do you feel like Pete Rose should be in at some point? I'll let my dad answer that at some point. I just feel like he was such an impact on the game. And yeah, he he like bet on games, but like I don't know. I mean, I feel Barry Bonds. I feel like we're going to go down a rabbit hole if I talk about all these guys who shouldn't get in, should be in the Hall of Fame because then I'm going to go on Barry well, Bonds well, and Ryan's yeah. going to get salty at me. I mean, I feel like Barry should be in too. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, I think there's a point where it's hard to talk about baseball without Pete Rose. And then yeah. how, do you, how do you go to the Hall of Fame and not have those guys part of it? Like, it's hard to the point of going to the hall of fame is to like look at baseball history and like some of the best players to ever play the game. And you have some guys that are like these notable names, notable players, some of the best to ever do it who are just absent. Yeah. Like, like if you go in there, you should know who like the actual greats are and not be like, Oh, well there's people in here that should be, or like people not in here that should be. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean some not- of the- yeah. yeah, like those guys, those their stats and just what they did during the years that they played, it's just, it's so insane. It's like not even worldly like numbers. Yeah. Like I couldn't even do that in a video game if I put it on easy. Like actual game changers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know, it's tough. I don't really know a lot about the the uh, betting scandal, so I can't really speak into it, like how, what he did and if he was like, I don't know if it was like the Black Sox thing where they like purposely lost the World Series to get paid out. Like I don't know if it was that type of deal. Yeah, I but, I don't know enough about it to really have a strong opinion that he should be in. Steroid guys are kind of more cut and dry, you know. They did steroids. Yeah. You kind of know when they did it. They altered them bodies. Yeah. And you know, most there was probably even more people that weren't get that didn't get caught, but yeah, instead of just pounding a 12 pack and smoking cigarettes like Babe Ruth back in the day, yeah. And you know, who got caught is John Moran trying to climb over LeBron last night and almost getting destroyed again, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) just not taking care of his body at all. Yeah, what is that? I just saw the picture of him. He just literally looked like he died. He tried to jump over Braun. And I'm like, bro, what are you doing? I just don't. I mean, it's even if you clear the jump, it's still scary. Like, like I don't get how he has. I mean, it's good that he has no fear, but there's also needs to be some like educated jumps here and there. Yeah. I mean, the Grizzlies team's got to be saying something. Like, they want to protect their investment, and that's basically at this point they're franchise player unless yeah. you have decided to uh build around dennis brooks and his uh dylan. no i know it's I, dennis and his brother dylan <laughs> i know who it is <laughs> every week oh everyone forgets goodness. about dennis <laughs> i definitely do because i always correct you <laughs> oh my god no, but um real quick just with the nba playoffs um i know that last week um, you guys kind of like that rapid Ryan segment. I had a few more rapid questions. If you want me to fire them off real quick, let's do it. Let's do let's that. Let's get yeah. it going. Welcome back to Rapid Ryan. All right, all right. We'll get something going with that. But all right, let me know when you all ready. Remember, you got one minute cumulative to answer the question. Um, Ben, you got the timer up? Yes. 
right. All right. Let me know. I don't know if you guys want to take turns going first or. Yeah, why don't we do that? Yeah, let's alternate. All right. Who wants this? Chase is going first. I made the call. Okay. All right. All right, right, Chase. Right now, there are currently three series that are 3 1. The Bucks are down 3 1. The Cavs are down 3 1. And the Grizzlies are down 3 1. Name which team could make a comeback and win the series. Go. Oh, this is tough. I feel like all of them are in a bad spot, but uh, I guess if anyone could do it, I uh, maybe the Bucks. I don't know. Just they've been tested, but they haven't looked great, and they should have put Miami away. I mean, last week we were or two weeks ago we were talking, and they were in a great spot. Obviously, losing Tyler Harrow, and we didn't know how they would react, but they've come out and just lit it up. So yeah, I I agree with the Bucks. I think that's the main team I would pick. Um, I was just trying to see if Giannis is playing, and I'm still not sure. Obviously, that's yeah, he is. I'm he is sure playing. He is. Okay, yeah. so that's huge for them. Uh, I'm not going to go against my Knicks and say the Cavs. Um, we'll get that, but I think you know, I think it's surprising for almost everyone to see the Heat up three to one and Jimmy's playing out of this world. So I would expect with Giannis back in the lineup, them to at least take game two, uh, game uh, five, and go from there. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. The Heat, Tyler here went down. Victor Oladipo has actually been playing pretty solid minutes, and he blew his knee out again, yep. the same knee that he just blew out like a year Poor and a half God, ago. Dude, he is. I still his his legs have to be toast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're still up three one. Mine is actually the Grizzlies. Um, I know Ben's okay. really salty about it, but they they're just a really good team, and that's that's my pick. And not that the Bucks can't do it, but yeah, I mean they're kind of weird three one series. So, all right. Question number two, Rapid Ryan. Ben, you ready for this one? Let's do it. Is Kawhi Leonard the biggest what-if player of our generation? Go. I would have to say I don't think he's a what-if player because he's done a lot already. It's not like he hasn't accomplished things. Um, I think that team is definitely one of the biggest what-if teams. I mean, if that team is consistently healthy through playoff runs, they could they could be trying to get their second championship right now. Um, they're as talented as any team in the league if George and Kawhi is on the court. So it's hard for me to say he's what if when he has won two championships and been a leader on those teams, but it's a shame he can't stay healthy. Yeah, uh, it's tough. I feel like he's maybe in the top five, but I feel like he already has a cemented legacy or like going deep in the playoffs and he took Toronto basically and took them to a championship. So I feel like, you know, when he's healthy and he can play but, you know, all season and deep into the playoffs, I feel like he can take his teams really far. But honestly, I feel like one of the biggest what-if players of this generation is Ben Simmons because seriously, I, like, you watch him his rookie year, and it's a totally different person. It might as well be John Simmons at that point. Like, who is that guy? Oh, like, he still yeah. didn't shoot the three that much, but, like, what if he did do all that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, the only thing with Kawhi is, I mean, he was the finals MVP on the Spurs team, 2014, but there were still all those Hall of Fame guys were on there. And I mean, the Toronto run was ridiculous, but I mean, one time magical runs happen. But I mean, I'm just thinking like when they were up against the Warriors, he went down when Zaza took him out. The, oh, yeah. I mean, but Ben, <laughs> Ben's right. More the Clippers. I mean, because he went down 2021, Kawhi went down. He missed the entire last season, and now this year in the playoffs, he goes down. So, yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, you feel for players like that, like Old Depot, and yeah, and I mean, you talk about 
we talked a little bit about load, load management and it almost seems like, I don't know if Kawhi loads manage, loads management is like backfiring. It seems like he doesn't play much and then he's getting more hurt because he's just not, you know, in game shape all the time, or he's just, his muscles just aren't game ready and he might even benefit from playing more. Yeah. I mean, taking a year off, you really would have thought like his body should be completely healed up or at least yeah. the best it's going to be. And it didn't really seem like it did do that. So I don't know. I mean, he's, he's played a lot of basketball leading into this. So I feel like maybe he's just bought like camp like Derek Rose thing where he just can't do it anymore. And I don't see him ever trying being in like a role where he's off the bench. I could see him in like two years, just calling it. Yeah. Well, just walking yeah. away. We never hear from Kawhi again. We would never hear, never from hear from him again. Nope. He's he gone. just disappeared. Yeah, I like it. All right, question three. Ben, come back to you. Oh, no, no, Chase, come back to you. All right, Chase. Assuming that the Hawks and Kings both lose this first-round matchup they're currently in, which franchise will blow their team up first? I'm going to go Hawks. I feel like the Kings are not that far invested, and they've blown up a lot of teams in the past, but I feel like they're in a better spot. And the Hawks... I feel like they're at a point where you could move, you could still move Trey Young and get a lot of pieces if you wanted in return, and people would still want him. So, not that the Kings don't have valuable pieces, but I feel like the Hawks are more in line just where they're at. They could, they could literally just clean house if they wanted to. Yeah, I got to agree with you on this one, Chase. I think the Kings, if this is their most successful season in years, and for them to blow it up after this run, I would think would really. Uh, the fan base would be upset, and uh, that's not helpful for the team. And like you said, Trey Young, I mean, they just got – they have Murray's playing well, but they could blow that team up. And I still think Trey's overrated, even with his 30-foot shot, that if it doesn't go in, is a terrible shot. Yeah. I mean, they – like, all their pieces, they can – like you're saying, like, I don't think they have anyone that's untouchable. Like, they've been trying to trade John Collins. I've heard Trey Young's name come up and Murray, so you could just offload him to someone too. Like, I'm sure the Lakers would snatch him up and he'd be LeBron's, like, minion for a year. Yeah, and sorry, I wasn't that strict with the, the time limit on this one, but they were kind of deeper questions, so I'm glad that we got the full full answers. Yeah. How you, yeah. Uh, how you guys feeling about your Sixers now sweeping and now that the Celtics have to play game six? Yeah, honestly, because I don't – the NBA is never super clear with when next round start. I know that there's – when the matchups are ready, it has to wait at least like two games after the previous. But regardless of me trying to figure out the analytics, the longer this Hawks Celtic series goes, the more time MB gets to rest his knee. And this is like best case scenario because now at the minimum, I don't think the Sixers are playing until at least Saturday or Sunday. If this goes seven, I think they don't play until next week, Monday or Tuesday. And so like, best case scenario for i mean even like guys like james harden who's he's balling out but he's 33 i think so yeah and his achilles has been bothering him all year so i think a little time for everyone and uh i know people are a little mad that joel and like a little sketched out that he didn't play game four but like i felt like they didn't think they would really necessarily need him like they're up three they're up three games if you lose a game so what you go back home and you beat them but it's been so long since the Sixers have swept a first round. Like, it, I like, it's just been weird to have like time off to heal up. I bet you if they went game five, he would have played. Oh yeah, definitely. 
Yeah. Yeah. Cause la- I mean, last year they got in the situation where they were up three Oh against the Raptors and then dropped two. but the year before against the wizards MB didn't play in the closeout game and they advanced. I'm so happy. I mean, it's easier to say now, but the, this Sixers team has enough raw talent mm-hmm. and it's just not worth it. Like, Nets are down 3-0. I could easily see them being even more physical than they already were. I'm glad that regardless of the outcome, even if they would have lost that game, I would be glad that he took the game off. Yeah. And people like that's people's MO against the Sixers is they're going to attack Joel and try to take him out. Like that's what has happened the last three years in the playoffs is people have just gone at him and tried to take him out. But literally this year, he's been so efficient. He didn't have to play a lot of fourth quarters. And even early into the third, he didn't, he just sit out the rest of the game. So I feel like it's just continuing the trend that they've had all year where they've gotten up and get in a good spot and then rest and beat, get them ready for the next game. So I'll take it. I feel like that's the proper way to do load management where he plays every game, but you can get him out early and he's still putting up all the numbers that you need to win. Well, at this point, I'm hoping for a, a Knicks Sixers, uh, you know, conference yo, if finals. the Knicks, if the Knicks get the heat in the second round, yeah, yo, I think they do damaging it. That, that would be the most craziest thing ever. Sixers, Knicks. I mean, I mean, it's a long way to go for the Sixers because you got Embiid and the the Celtics are, regardless of the Hawks winning two games so far. It's. I know the Hawks defense isn't that good, but when Tatum and Brown and all those guys are on, it's really annoying because they you really can't stop them. Yeah, and as we're recording this, Knicks are up by fourteen in their uh, their close in their closeout, closeout, closeout game. game. Barrett has been fantastic since I shit on him. So hey, if you were listening, all, he must have heard it. Yeah, five for six tonight. He's been shooting a lot better in general, so I will take that. R.J. Barrett, the former number one overall recruit in the country. A Duke team, though. <laughs> oh yeah. Where's Cam Reddish at? <laughs> the Blazers, remember? Right? Yeah. He was yeah, getting, he was getting a, yeah, he was getting no. trash minutes because their team was so banged up. Was it? It was and the then Blazers, Dame set right? out. No, I think it was with the Blazers. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, that team is just weird because now they got like Kevin Knox on there. They got like Matisse Thybul. <laughs> Yeah, he's got a yeah. weird group going on with Dame. Yeah, Dame, Dame is starting his own like LeBron group, but his group is way shittier than LeBron's. That's <laughs> yeah. true. Dame, Dame's, Dame's <laughs> rosters have or like Kmart LeBron rosters. It's yeah, not like, even Kmart. It's like the like Qmart. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's like it's like uh, it's like Ollie's discount. Like, oh, Ollie's. Yeah. Yeah, I but mean, they've literally been running Nurkic out there so much, and I can't believe that's actually like, come on. Uh, real quick before we get out of here, do you guys want to do a guess who? Oh, yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right. Let's cue it up. All right. I have two people, so you guys have to pick between A or B. So just come okay. to a consensus which uh, which one you want. Definitely B, then. Okay. Go B. Actually, no, 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 no. A. All right. You pick Take the harder B. one of the two. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, okay, okay. We'll just do B next week. Yeah, I'll I'll keep B for next week. All right, so this player, he was... uh, Okay, so I'm a third baseman, pinch hitter, and outfielder. I started my career with Toronto. I've played with Boston, Pittsburgh, New York, and Atlanta. I retired in 2013. I was never an all-star in my 12-year career. I hit only over 270 once in my career during my rookie of the year. Oh, he was rookie of the year. That's what I meant to say. In 2004. I'm currently employed with the New York Mets. What were the teams he played for again? Toronto, 
Boston, Tampa, Pittsburgh, New York, and Atlanta. Which New York team? Uh, the Yankees in 2009. Okay, his initials are EH. What is it? EH. Oh, Eric Chavez. No. E- Not Eric Chavez. H. H. Oh. <laughs> Oh, well, well, I, was I, of the, I have the no A's third baseman, Eric Chavez. I don't, wasn't it Eric Chavez? Yeah, he was a yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. EH. Um, first name. he's the assistant hitting coach with the Mets. Isn't Eric Chavez with the Mets? I'm pretty sure he is. He might be the hitting coach. This is the assistant. Hitting coach. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> even the third baseman, too, that was playing. I'm pretty sure he played with the Yankees. I got nothing. I don't know, Chase. Can you give right. me the first name? Eric. <laughs> what? Wow, oh, I don't know. <laughs> All right. All right. It's Eric Hinsky. <laughs> Dang. I was like, wait, what? I told I you, this, was a, this is a hard one. This is a really hard one. Eric, wait. <laughs> I hope I hope one of I hope one of our listeners got yeah, it. Yeah. If someone got Eric Hinsky. Please tell us. He literally had one good year and it was his rookie year. And he also committed the most errors while playing third base his rookie year oh my god yeah eric chavez is a coach with the mets yeah and he played with the yankees in 2011 that was a really good guess man but you said eight dang okay that was a good one chase that was was that the harder or the easier one that was the harder next week's next week's is an easy like you guys should hit it real easy i don't know i think i can give you guys like three three um hints and you'll probably get it. But all right, guys, I hope you all enjoyed listening to this podcast. We had a fun one tonight. And don't forget, we're on Amazon Music, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Ben, Ryan, Chase, Till next time. See ya.